0: It's time to play like a Jet. With your host, Scott Mason. Play like a Jet. What does that mean? Here's Donald. carry it out. Deep ball. Separation. Caught. Robbie Anderson. Goodbye. Touchdown, Jets. The whole NFL is watching. Of fourth and ten. And here they come. Make pass catch. It's intercepted by Mosley. Down be the to top. Bell breaks tackle. Bell trying to go over touchdown Big return for Crowder. And he's going to go all the way. touchdown out 85 yards. Looking downfield, fires this one and intercepted at the 34. Jamal Adams goes down on the ground and takes it away. He'll
1: hit immediately. He yes. got the handoff. You know what? <laughs> the inator Oh my gosh. Listen. Thank you.
2: Welcome to Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at Play Like a Jet 1. And this is the Jets Saints pregame report. Of course, we've got the Jets and the Saints coming up later tonight at MetLife Stadium. I said this before, but if you've got nothing to do on a Saturday night and you want to take the family out or hang out with some friends, you can do it pretty cheap at MetLife Stadium. You'll get to see the starters, and we'll get into this in a little bit, for about a half, I would assume. And for the cost of 5 bucks, probably worth it if you're a Jets fan. So consider going on StubHub or something if you got nothing else to do and you want to check out the Jets, especially if you don't want to pay regular season prices to see them once the season starts. And we are going to preview this game with the owner, the operator, the lead reporter, the whole shebang over at JetsInsider.com. Of course, above all that, a very big deal, Mr. Chris Nimbley. Chris, you don't have to go on StubHub because they gave you a credential to go to the game because you are a very big deal. And the fact that anybody would ask you to pay to go anywhere would be an insult, let alone MetLife Stadium, where you actually cover the team.
1: Exactly. I, I, I get the free ticket. I get free food. I get free coffee. Uh, that's the perks of being a very big deal. Of course, uh, there's a bunch of other people that get the same stuff, uh, other reporters. So, But we, we, we can just skip that part and assume it's just because I'm such a big deal.
2: One thing you don't get is cannolis, because we both know that Stipelkowski is going to eat them all.
1: Well, yeah, he would he he would box me out and take them all down. But that's okay. I, I really don't need any more of that dessert. I'm fat enough as is.
2: <laughs> Maybe you'll get a shot at the offensive line if they have any more injuries. They'll bring you in for some depth, Chris. But in the meantime, that's probably not going to happen. They do have Alex Lewis to fill a hole. They've got Compton to fill a hole. They've got Adoga to fill a hole. Now, we know that Brandon Shell came back to practice. Is he going to play in this game? And are they going to hold out Assembly and Brian Winters for precautionary reasons, do you think?
1: Uh, Winters and Assembly, definitely. I'd be shocked if they played. Um, just, you know, they've been working their way back doing individual drills, but they still didn't practice yesterday. So I'd, I'd be pretty surprised if they played. Shell's a little more up in the air because he did go back to practice. So my guess is that he will play. Um, kind of, we talked about this with Brian Khalil yesterday. He's going to, Gay said that they're going to play him about the first quarter and then try to get Jonathan Harrison some work there. They're probably going to want to do something with Brandon Shell and Adoga similar. So maybe you could see Brandon Shell playing for the first quarter and then they uh, make way to Adoga for the, the second quarter. Um, you know, maybe not, maybe Shell plays the whole first half, but I, I'd think that that's most likely how it will play out.
2: Let's talk about who's going to get what kind of playing time. We know Le'Veon Bell's not playing. What about the guys that recently came back from injury? We talk about Khalil. We can talk about the regulars like Sam Darnold. What should people expect when they turn on their television and when they attend the game at MetLife Stadium later tonight?
1: I think, obviously, Tremaine Johnson's not going to play yet, uh, but... All the guys who are healthy now, and I have, at least the guys that practice Thursday, I expect for the majority of them to get uh, the first half. Um, again, Khalil's not going to get that. Uh, maybe Shell won't get that. Maybe Marcus May won't get a whole half because this is his first time. You know, first game being back, and he's only been practicing for a week. So who knows what type of. Uh, if he's going to be in uh, full game shape, even though he is in very good shape. It is different when you're uh, practicing and out there playing games and uh, all that. So um, maybe he won't get the full half. um, And that could be another situation where they're trying to give Rontez Miles more reps with the first team and going against the first team offense. But otherwise, you know, I I expect probably – probably won't see Leo for the entire first half, but most, I'd say the majority, they'll work on that rotation. Um, But yeah, uh, the starters, for the most part, will be first half. You might get a series in the second half, but uh, just basing on how, you know, injuries have kind of gone, obviously the suspensions to Herndon and and Copeland, I could see Gase coming out of halftime just being like, yeah, all right, let's just shut it down right now
0: With tens of thousands of customers, monthly subscribers, and a 100% money-back guarantee, Sunday Scaries has always been on a mission to transform a worrisome nation into a chill one. And right now, we have a bonus for you. Get 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. Again, 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. With your host, Scott Mason.
2: I don't think we're going to see Quincy... You thought I was going to say Quincy Nunua, didn't you? Quincy Atabiago is the wide receiver that the Jets signed on Thursday. In fact, just as we were finishing up the podcast that would drop Friday morning, that's when the news dropped that he was going to be signing. We had talked earlier in the show about him coming in for a visit. Now he's going to be with the team. I don't think that there's any guarantees that he's going to stick. I think it's just a matter of here's a guy who's 6'3", showed some upside, Joe Douglas is trying some things. They're obviously not 100% content with what they've got at wide receiver, especially after they went after Dontrell Inman. So I think this is just a matter of bringing in another body to compete at wide receiver. Chris, at this point, would you be shocked if they made more additions at receiver? Because I think that that could happen still. Until they find who they're really looking for, they're just going to keep making moves here.
1: Yeah, I'd be shocked if they didn't. Uh, the only the only way that they don't is basically nobody decides to cut a wide receiver uh once they they make their final roster cuts i think you know they'll bringing a uh, quincy y yeah uh i haven't heard uh that name enough so i'm mispronouncing it but uh that bring him in, give him a look, but it's kind of just a placeholder until somebody else gets released. And uh, I, I imagine that some there's going to be somebody out there that gets released, a uh, cap casualty type of thing that they're going to be higher on than than the, than the second Quincy now. So uh, he'll be here; they'll get a look at him. But I, I'd, I'd be kind of surprised if he made this roster.
2: Chris, do you think we're going to start to see some things from Gase and from Williams? That we haven't seen quite yet in the preseason. Maybe they're going to try some things that they haven't unveiled and that they're planning to use a little bit in the regular season. Different formations and such.
1: From Gase, yeah, sure, I could see some of uh, some of that for sure. Uh, from Greg Williams, not really, because and it, it's not about uh, him not showing anything in this game. It's he's he's been doing it. <laughs> he he hasn't exactly been shy about his blitz pressure, especially last week against Atlanta. So uh, he hasn't exactly been shy already. I I expect to see more of the same. You might see a little bit more, you know, some, some, a new wrinkle here and there, but he hasn't been holding back. He definitely didn't hold back last week against the, uh, the Falcons. He definitely was blitzing a lot, bringing a lot of pressure. It's typically you don't see. So, uh, you know, and then obviously they're not going to unload the full playbook, but you could see a little bit, uh, but probably a little bit more on, um Adam Gase in the offense.
2: Chris, who do you think are some players that are worth paying special attention to in this game against the Saints? For me, I'm looking at the units where there's a lot of competition because there's a lot of weakness. So... I'm yeah. looking at Frankie Louvu, for instance, who, by the way, the legendary Connie Carberg texted me about. She said, and I quote, I love Frankie Louvu. She thinks Louvu could be a really good contributor for this defense. That's somebody I have my eye on. If he gets the opportunity, I'm curious to see what Ja'Kai Polite does because if he can start to ramp it up, he might get himself more playing time at the beginning of the season than he otherwise would have because of the suspension to Brandon Copeland. Definitely keeping my eye on all of those cornerbacks Darryl Roberts, you know what you're getting, but the rest of those guys, Millette, Brown, Campbell, Cooper, all of those guys should be watched because you have no idea who is going to end up winning that battle to be next in line behind Tremaine Johnson, and Daryl Roberts. The offensive line will be interesting again because I want to see how Chuma Doga does with the ones for the second straight week. Those are a couple of guys that I'm going to be having my eye on, Chris. Maybe some of the wide receivers too, Deontay Burnett and Tim White when they got opportunities. Who do you have your eye on in this game?
1: Uh, before I get to this, I just I was reminded of a, a tweet somebody sent me last uh, yesterday. Uh, a friend Rod- Rodimus Prime asked, uh, because Samini, uh, I, I guess it was, uh, I'm not sure if it was on his podcast or something, but he was talking about Ja'Kai Polite and uh, said, he'll make the 53-man um, roster, but it might be a while before he dresses. And Ron Vissapron asked if I agreed. And I do agree with that. And uh, the, the tweet that he uh, retweeted at me about it was from someone else uh, that's that said it's quite discouraging and that's where I disagreed because I, I think the perplexing part there is that it seems that Greg Williams is intent to try to make him a three down linebacker right away, as opposed to just, you know, working on the pass rush specialist first and then everything else later, which, you know, we've talked about this. I I thought that that's what their plan would be for him is really just be a pass rush specialist for this year. Just work on that. Uh, But if, if their goal was to make him a three-down linebacker from the jump, that was always going to take a little while. So fans are probably going to have to adjust their expectations for him there. But obviously he is somebody that I, I want to take uh, a, a good look at during this game. I absolutely agree with uh, with Connie. Uh, I, think, I think Luvu is better than most fans uh, think he is it's uh, same same exact situation with Copeland. Honestly, I think they're both re- solid players. Like, and yeah, ideally you want to have somebody better as as an outside linebacker in the starting unit. But they're really good depth players, and I I think you can do worse than them, both of them at outside at, as a starter. So that's somebody. Uh, but like you said, it's really the positions a need. All the cornerbacks, going to have to look at all the cornerbacks. Obviously, Daryl Roberts and Brian Poole are going to be safe. We know that. But uh, with Trumaine not playing, pretty much any of the other cornerbacks out there could end up, uh, you know, getting a lot of playing time or they could all end up being cut, every single one of them. Obviously, look at some of the newer guys that come on, like Stefan Anthony. Um, it, so get a look at him for the first time and uh, Jets' jersey. Uh, offensive line, going to look at all those guys. Definitely going to look at Adoga, especially if he gets some first team reps. We uh, want to keep an eye on Ryan Khalil, see how that's going. Um, and then the receivers as well. There's, we talked about the top three. We know about that. But Deontay Burnett, is he going to get some more run with the first team there? How's he going to look? Is Tim White actually going to show up in the preseason? So those are some positions I'm going to look at. And of course, Taylor Bertolette, got to see how he kicks and how that goes. And you can even throw in the punchers.
3: Hey guys, Greg Peterson here with the Baseball Betting Podcast. As we know, the MLB season is back in our lives. It's going to be a 60-game sprint unlike anything that we've ever seen before. And I'm going to be giving you picks every single day, seven days a week with Major League Baseball. We're also going to be keeping up with the KBO as well. If you like baseball and you like being able to make some money, subscribe to the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. Play like a Jet. Play like a Jet. With your host, Scott Mason.
2: The punters, kickers, kickers, And kick-slash-punt return men are worth watching, too. It looks like Dorch is going to be the guy for the punts and kicks, but who knows over the next couple of weeks. Plus, of course, as you said, you've got the punter battle that we never expected with Dar supposedly in the lead now, which is a big surprise. And then you've got Taylor Bertolette, who has no competition right now, but if he has another bad game, He missed two extra points last week. Then competition could be arriving in short order. So this is a big one for those guys. Yeah,
1: I I definitely don't know that I'd say that Dar is in the lead there. But I I still think Edwards is, but I could definitely be wrong here. But he's definitely being pushed. The fact that uh, Dar is still around, he's definitely being pushed. So a bad night could do it in for him. Uh, But, yeah, Bertolette, you know, obviously he's the only one. We've talked a lot about this recently. Uh, If he goes out there and he nails five of his kicks, all of them, then he's going to be the kicker. If he misses, uh, you know, an extra point in a 30-yard field goal, then they're probably going to go shopping elsewhere. But I, I, I have a feeling that we'll know by the end of the night on Saturday if Bertolette will be the kicker or not.
2: My hunch, Chris, is that if he does well in this game, he's going to stick. And I think that the giveaway here was how much Brant Boyer seemed to like him. He wanted Bertolette to be the kicker last year over Jason Myers and was overruled. Now, it's kind of funny because Myers obviously went on to have a Pro Bowl season when nobody expected it, especially Michael Nania. We don't forget, Michael Nania. You were the number one Jason Myers doubter out there. But... If Brant Boyer believes in Taylor Bertolette that strongly, if Adam Gase is willing to trust Boyer and defer to him on that, then it's likely that all it would take is a good game on Saturday, and he's probably going to be the opening day kicker.
1: Yeah, and, and listen, I know fans saw him miss those kicks the other night uh, against the Falcons, but uh, Gase talked about it. He's like, "Listen, we just signed this guy, got him in here, and he was just like, you know, out. He was out there pretty quick. He didn't have a lot of time here." Um, and So uh, they they weren't holding that against him at all. And then on top of that, you also got to think. Just remember uh, just how patient they were with cat- uh, I, I? I always mess up his last name because I always want to call him by Mark Cannizzaro's last name. <laughs> um, but so Cat. So I'm just gonna stick with Catman. Just think of how patient they are. They were with Catman. Because he was missing multiple kicks almost every practice. And all of us beat reporters were sitting here like, how is he still the kicker? How is there no other kicker here? Multiple uh, – there was. I wasn't the only uh, beat writer who left uh, Catman off uh, – I, I put zero kickers in our roster pool there because I didn't know who they were going to bring in, but I knew it wasn't going to be Catman. And I wasn't the only one that did that. Uh, but Gase and – they were very uh, patient with them and it wasn't until Catman walked into their office and said, yeah, I'm done that they seriously considered moving on. So, uh, you know, I don't think they're panicking over a missing those two field goals the other night.
2: Chris, just out of curiosity, and we're just having fun with this because this isn't something that you would know, even in your capacity, is a very big deal. How full do you think the stadium is going to be? I think that there's going to be a pretty good-sized crowd there for a preseason game. It's not going to be full, but I'm going to say that it might be, say, two-thirds full. What do you think?
1: Ooh, two-thirds might be pushing it. The thing about preseason that's always tricky is it's you know we're getting right towards the end of the summer. Saturday night towards the end of the summer, like how many people are on vac- uh, going away down the shore or whatever for the weekend. So that's that's tough. But uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it's about two-thirds full. I'd probably say a little bit less. Maybe we go to like two-fifths.
2: I could see that. I think it's going to be somewhere between 40 40- to 65% full. I said two-thirds, which is technically 66%, but 65% is close enough. I think it'll be somewhere in that range. The fact that tickets are so cheap on the secondary market and the starters are going to play a significant portion of the game might drive some people to the stadium because, Chris, as you said on the podcast yesterday... This is an opportunity to see Sam Darnold fling the ball around and not everybody is going to get that opportunity during the regular season, whether it's because they don't have tickets or choose not to purchase them on the secondary market.
1: Yeah. I mean, listen, it's simple, uh, put it as simply as possible. This is the most excited. This Jets fan base has been about this team in a long time and for good reason. And a lot of that is due to Sam Darnold. Um, you know, People were excited, obviously, when they drafted them last year and excited to see him, but everyone kind of knew that the season wasn't going to go well, so so many people sat it out. Um, I could see a lot of people being excited right now, being like, you know what, get some cheap tickets, go see Sam Darnold for the first time, go watch the first half, and then bolt out of there, because that's the flip side of how many people are going to be away uh, for the weekend, There's a lot of people who probably wouldn't go sit for a full game that are like, you know what, I'm just going to go pay this cheap ticket and go in for the half and then dart out at halftime. So, uh, yeah, I I just, there's obviously a lot of excitement there. So it should definitely be more filled than uh, in recent years it's been.
3: Play like a Jet. Play like a Jet. With your host, Scott
2: Mason. Chris, now that we've thoroughly previewed the game and what people can expect, let's talk a little bit about the trade winds that are supposedly blowing. Mike Lombardi tweeting out that the trade winds are blowing in the NFL, and he even talked about some stuff on his podcast. He said that there is a superstar wide receiver that could be on the trading block that would surprise everybody. Hmm, thinking about that. There's also, obviously, the possibility of somebody like Trent Williams getting traded. We've talked about that. Maybe even Ezekiel Elliott, theoretically, because of the holdout. You've got your Davian Clowney still out there. Although, remember, any team that trades for him is doing so as a one-year rental because even if he wants to re-sign with whoever the team is, he's not allowed to because the deadline passed for the franchise tag. So he could only negotiate a deal with whoever he goes to ...at the end of the 2019 season. So that's if he were to get traded. Some interesting possibilities here, Chris. Let's unpack this and also the fact that today on Mike Missinelli's radio show in Philly... ...Tim McManus, who is the Philadelphia equivalent of Rich simini ...he's the guy who covers the Philly beat for ESPN said that he expects Rasul Douglas to have a secondary kind of role with the Eagles this year behind guys like Sidney Jones and Ronald Darby. Now, I know some wise guys are going to say, of course he's going to have a secondary role. He plays in the secondary. You know what I mean? So the question becomes Joe Douglas, obviously very familiar with Rasul Douglas, played a big part in drafting him out of West Virginia. Is it possible that knowing what we know about what his role would be in Philly, that he sorted of the odd man out, that Douglas would make a phone call over there and inquire? Because as we've talked about, Chris, the Jets need all the help they can get at cornerback. So let's go through all of this. What do you think? Trade winds are blowing. If you had a guess, let's have a little fun here. Who could potentially be on the move? Who are some of the mystery men that might be on the block?
1: Uh, well, I'll start with Ezekiel uh, Elliott. I can't ima- not that, that that anybody's expecting the Jets to trade for him. I can't imagine anyone's trading for him because th- to trade for him, uh, I mean, what team's going to do that? And uh, to and well, I guess you'd still get him on his rookie contract, but he's still going to want to be paid um and if there's any team we talked about this he's got the most leverage a running back is ever going to have with the cowboys he goes to another team that leverage is kind of shot a little bit because that team isn't going to be built that offense isn't going to be built around him completely like it is there so i have a hard time imagining somebody willing to trade for him and pay him at this point uh that that would surprise me I still don't think Trent Williams is going to get traded. I think it'll probably, the price tag will be too high. I could be wrong there. Um, with Clowney, if, if someone's trading for Clowney, I think it's going to be somebody who's thinking they're competing for a Super Bowl right now. As much as Trent Williams, obviously, is older, 31 years old, I think that you could see a team like the Jets or, you know, any team with a younger quarterback be willing to give up something for him, something pretty pricey for him for no other reason than just to protect their quarterback. Uh, You know, obviously it would make a whole, all the sense in the world for the Texans to try to trade for him. That offensive line has been bad. And Deshaun Watson, it it felt like Bill O'Brien was trying to get him killed last year. So that would make a lot of sense. Maybe they could work out some type of clowny for Trent Williams swap. Um, you know it talked about Russell Douglas if if he becomes available i would definitely expect joe douglas to be trying to do something like that now maybe joe douglas doesn't like him so maybe i'd be wrong there but if if he likes him at all then i would definitely expect him to be trying to get in on that other than that you know there's there's no big names right now that are popping out of my head that would really excite somebody we talked about it earlier in the season maybe the vikings would be willing to trade one of their cornerbacks, I think that would be the best thing. But at this point, it, that seems to have quieted down. Um, so I, I think those names that are being tossed around right now, and then obviously there's the uh, <coughs> the, the big name wide receiver that might shock everybody. But uh, but they, yeah, that's about it. I'm not sure that there's anybody else out there that would really surprise and excite fans. Play like a jet. Play like a jet.
3: With your
0: host Scott Mason.
2: I'll go through this one by one. I'm with you. I don't think Trent Williams is getting traded. Daniel Snyder's not going to let himself get bullied into doing that. We saw how he stood firm with Kirk Cousins, ended up getting nothing when he left. Trent Williams, on the other hand, is still under contract, and he's a franchise-left tackle, even at 31 years old. I don't think for a second Daniel Snyder is going to trade him. I don't think Ezekiel Elliott's going anywhere either. I think that they're going to work something out eventually, but I also think that much like Snyder, Jerry Jones is not about to let himself get bullied into dealing somebody. Jadavian Clowney's an interesting one. I could see that, although if he's going to get traded... As you said, Chris, I think it's going to be to a team that thinks they can compete for a Super Bowl, and the main reason is because the deadline passed with the franchise tag for a negotiation for a long-term deal, so any team that gets Clowney is de facto renting him. Now, that doesn't mean that Clowney won't re-sign with the team, but... He won't be able to negotiate a deal until after the 2019 season. So you have to keep that in mind for any team that's looking to possibly go out and get him. As far as the wide receiver, that would stun everybody if people knew that he was on the trade block. This is a tough one because immediately I'm thinking A.J. Green, but I don't think that would stun anybody because I think a lot of people have thought that A.J. Green could be available in the deal. I know he got hurt, but still his name had been tossed around there anyway. I'm trying to think of other wide receivers. I mean, I guess maybe Mike Evans would be a stunner, but I can't see the Buccaneers trading him, especially with Bruce Arians there. You know that Arians is going to be licking his chops with Mike Evans as his wide receiver. So I'm not really sure who that would be. I'm just trying to think of a wide receiver that is a big enough deal that if he were available, it would be a stunner. Maybe somebody like Adam Thielen? I'm not sure.
1: There, there was was rumors a while ago that the Vikings were looking to uh, either trade him or Diggs, but I don't think that's going to happen at this point. Um, and it, I, I can't, no way can I see Tampa getting rid of Mike Evans with Bruce Arians there now. That, that was a huge appeal of the job for Arians is having Mike Evans and having Chris Godwin. Uh, I, you know, we know how Bruce Arians likes to tack downfield. That would be kind of crazy for him to go ahead and trade Mike Evans now. It would have to be, you know, something would have gone terribly wrong uh, on that front. Um, so, yeah, you know, Antonio Brown, maybe? I'm, I'm mostly joking there. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I I don't even know with A.J. Green, can he even be traded right now with him being hurt? Um, so, yeah, I, I'm not sure who, who could be available right there, but uh, the... That Harmon, when he tweeted about what Lombardi said on the podcast, he said, it's a name that would surprise you. So, you know, I'm I'm probably not going to come up with it off the top of my head.
2: The only one that I can think of would be Adam Thielen because of the amount of money that him and Diggs are both making. Maybe the Vikings are thinking if they move one of them, they can free up some space to do other things. But even then, you'd probably have to take a big cap hit. I haven't looked at the salary structure of his deal or how much he got up front or how much they would take in a cap hit. That's all I got. I can't really think of anybody that's good enough that it would be a shocker Anybody that I'm thinking of, there's no way they're getting traded. For instance, Julio Jones is not getting moved. We already talked about Mike Evans. There's no way with Bruce Arians there that he's getting moved. Odell Beckham just got traded, so it's not Odell Beckham. So I'm really not sure who this could be, but it'll be interesting to see if this – wide receiver in question, whoever he is, does get traded. And if it does end up shocking people, because remember, most people were absolutely stunned when the news broke that there was serious consideration being given to Odell Beckham being traded. And it was something that obviously did a lot to change Odell Beckham's 2019 fantasy value because going from the Giants and a passing offense that seemed like a lost cause to Baker Mayfield and the stacked offense with the Cleveland Browns, could be a big deal for oil Beckham's numbers this year. So he's the guy that you should consider toward the top of your draft when you're drafting at the Draft app and Draft.com. And if you haven't signed up yet, you should because the grand prize for the Best Ball Championship is $3.5 million. And it's easy, very easy. All you have to do is participate in a simple snake draft, no salary caps, no auctions, nothing like that. You don't even have to spend time managing the roster. You draft your players, and they will take care of your roster management the rest of the way and make sure that your best players are in every single week. Sound good? I'm about to make it sound even better, believe it or not. If you sign up right now and make your first deposit using the promo code PLAYLIKE, that's P-L-A-Y-L-I-K-E, Like, you will get a free crack at that $3.5 million, where you might be able to indeed grab a guy like Odell Beckham who was traded despite the fact that nobody knew anything. And I guess on some level, anything's possible with any of these receivers because if it's something like that where some stuff is going on behind the scenes and none of us know about it, you just never know. Sometimes these trades blindside people. Look at what happened in the NBA. Nobody in their right mind thought that Oklahoma City was going to trade Paul George, but it happened.
1: Yeah, no. Uh, I mean, obviously, M- NBA is a different animal, and uh, you know, he asked for his way out. Oklahoma realized that. Uh, Oklahoma City realized that their roster, as constructed, wasn't doing anything anyway, so they decided to move on. But we're talking about receiver here, so the the simplest explanation—go Occam's razor on you. The simplest explanation here is we're talking about a diva receiver that, uh, or at least that that team, that coaching staff feels like a a diva receiver there. That's the simplest explanation I can think of right now.
2: Yeah, it has to be. By the way, when I said Paul George, I know that it's a different situation because of the NBA. I just meant that nobody knew that Paul George was even going to ask for a trade. It was just, boom, he got traded. It wasn't like the rumors were lingering out there. It just happened out of nowhere. That's more what I was talking about. So we'll see who this ends up being if It ends up being anything more than just chatter, but I always like stuff like this. It's fun this time of year because teams are scrambling to try and make those last second moves. Remember, it was August last year that Khalil Mack was dealt. I'm not saying that something like that is going to happen again, but it's possible. Khalil Mack shows that sometimes deals of that magnitude can be made this late into the offseason. So we will sit back and see exactly what happens. And, Chris, I just wanted to end the podcast on one last thing, and it's a down note, but it's something worth mentioning. Barry Bennett, the former defensive lineman who started his career with the Saints and then spent six seasons with the New York Jets, was found with his wife killed. Details are still coming in. Nobody exactly knows what happened here. Bennett wasn't a huge name he wasn't any kind of major superstar, but he was a solid contributor for the Jets, especially starting in 1983 when he played in 13 games. And then he actually became a starter for the next couple of years, 84, 85, 86, and a good portion of 1987. He had a total of 18 and a half sacks during the years he was with the Jets, which isn't bad. He was a solid defensive lineman. I guess if you wanted to compare him to somebody That was recently on the Jets. Former play like a Jet guest Mike DeVito might be a decent comparison just in terms of both guys were solid starters. Neither guy was ever going to make the Hall of Fame or the Pro Bowl or anything like that. But both of them had solid careers. It's just really sad. Thoughts are with his family and friends. And it's awful what happened to him and his wife. I hope that they get justice.
1: Yeah, it's obviously uh, a scary situation, a sad situation. Um it's just something you you don't ever want to hear about anybody. So that that's that's always uh it's never fun hearing about stories like that. Obviously, you don't know the details, but uh, you got your thoughts prayers going to everybody.
2: And hopefully, the Jets are able to show Barry Bennett proper tribute by playing a really good game tonight at MetLife Stadium in his honor. Chris and I will be back after the game for a recap of we'll quotes from inside the locker room. Hopefully we don't have much to report in terms of injuries, but we will have everything worth talking about. And it will go up very early in the morning on Sunday. And by very early in the morning, it could be as early as around midnight Saturday night slash Sunday morning. So look for it to drop not long after the game is over. Chris, really looking forward to checking this game out and seeing Sam Darnold for the final time before the season starts. We will talk later on tonight and get that podcast up real early Sunday morning. In the meantime, what can people expect to see over at jetsinsider.com? What do you have up there in terms of game preview coverage?
1: Yeah, I'll have an article up uh, on Blake Cashman tomorrow. I have a, a touch a little bit on uh, you know the pre- preview, of what to expect there. Uh, and then obviously, I'll have uh, coverage of the game and observations from the game breakdown. And then once we start doing that, we'll, we'll obviously get a much better uh, handle of the, the roster, the final 53 roster, and where they clearly need to address going forward.
2: Go ahead and read Chris's very big deal work over at JetsInsider.com. Follow him on Twitter, at CNimbly and at JetsInsider. Follow his deputy editor, Alan Schechter, at Alan underscore S-C-H-E-C-H-T-E-R. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts, you know where to go. It's Turn on the Jets Digital and turnonthejets.com.